Hello and welcome to the Use Because podcast. Deeper learning from the best business minds to have ever put pen to paper. How to Win Friends and Influence People was first released in 1936 and it has been in print every year since. That is 83 years that this book has been in print and today's podcast we're going to talk about this book but we're going to do it in a slightly different way. We've done this a couple of times before. Rather than me just talking about the book, it's still me talking but it is actually excerpts from the course based on this book. Now the course for this book will be out in January 2020. So depending on when you're listening to this, uh, it's either been out for ages or it is not yet out. So the plan is that we are releasing three courses in January 2020. Uh, this is one of them, How to Win Friends and Influence People. If you, if you haven't heard of this book, I suggest you listen to the next, I think it's 15 or 20 minutes, because it's been in print for 83 years for a reason. You have to keep in mind that if it's been in print for that long, that there must be something in it. The name of the book pretty much tells you everything that you need to know. This isn't manipulation, it is not underhanded techniques, uh, even though the name itself might be a little bit provocative. How to win friends and influence people, it's more about just how to be a nice person and how to get on in the world and that's ultimately what it's all about. So please do tell people if you are if you are enjoying this podcast or other podcasts of ours, please tell people, tell two people what I always ask people to do. And follow us on Twitter at use because use because right use use because um, and in the most recent podcast if I if I remember correctly I did explain where the name of the organization, where our company name came from, used because I have listened to that one if you are so inclined. So uh, until next time, thanks very much. As always, let us know what you think and uh, enjoy this excerpt from its lesson one and two from the upcoming course in January 2020. Okay, cheers. Dale Carnegie describes three techniques for building better relationships with your colleagues and customers. The first is to never complain criticize or condemn. He calls them the three C's. The next time you find yourself wanting to criticize someone at work, think to yourself, what would Abraham Lincoln do? Carnegie describes how Lincoln learned from early on in his career that criticizing people is futile and even harmful. As a lawyer, Lincoln would send open letters to the newspaper criticizing his opponents. One time Lincoln sent a particularly humiliating letter that mocked a local politician called James Shields and Shields became the laughingstock of the town. Shields had lost the respect of his community and challenged Lincoln to a duel to try and regain his honour. Lincoln didn't want a duel, but he had no choice. He even took lessons to prepare for the fight. But luckily for Lincoln, the men overseeing the duel stopped it in the minutes before the fight was meant to begin. This close call was seared into Lincoln's mind and he never criticised anybody from that point on. Whenever anyone would speak harshly of others, Lincoln would say, don't criticise them. They are just what we would be under similar circumstances. So, the next time you feel like criticising a colleague, stop and think, what would Lincoln do? Carnegie recognised that conflicts are never resolved by criticising others. It only adds fuel to the flame. When you criticise someone, they immediately become defensive. Their pride is hurt and they become resentful. It's actually counterproductive. Imagine you're a health and safety officer on a building site. Your builders are constantly working without safety helmets. What do you do? A. Tell them that site regulation to wear safety helmets, and if they fail to comply, they'll be kicked off the site. Or B. 
Ask them if there's some problem with the safety helmets. Do they not fit correctly? Then remind them that safety helmets should be worn at all times because it protects them from injury. You might think the second option, which is a softly, softly approach, will be less effective in increasing compliance, but in fact it outperforms the first option, which is harsher. And this is because the first option breeds resentments and an emotional upset. People become defensive at being called out in such a harsh way and they do the exact opposite of what you asked in retaliation. The second C is don't condemn. If you see someone do something you believe is wrong, don't jump to condemn them. Try to understand why they behave that way. Sometimes we rush in and condemn others even though we don't have a full picture of the situation from their perspective. Returning to Lincoln again, he ordered one of his generals to make an attack that would have ended the war. The general refused and the golden opportunity was lost. Abraham Lincoln was absolutely furious and wrote a letter condemning the general's inaction. The reason we know he wrote this letter is because it was found in his office after his death. He never sent it. Lincoln had the wisdom to realise that it was easy for him to give the order to attack from the comfort of the White House, but much harder for the general to carry out those orders after witnessing the horrors of the battlefield. Lincoln understood that while sending the letter might help alleviate some of his anger, would only antagonise the general. Complaining never solves anything. Complaining is another surefire way of antagonising people. No one wants to listen to someone who constantly complains. Instead we should focus on finding solutions to improve the situation. Come to people with solutions rather than just reiterating the problem. Solving a problem rather than complaining about it is a much more productive use of our time. Bob Hoover, a famous test fighter, found himself 300 feet in the air with two stalled engines. He managed to land the plane but it was a very close call. Hoover discovered that the engines had stalled because the plane had been filled with the wrong fuel. Instead of complaining about the mechanic, which under the near-death circumstances would be the natural thing to do, Hoover told the mechanic to make sure that this mistake never happens again, you are going to fuel my plane tomorrow. Next time you find yourself frustrated with a colleague, stop and think, what would Lincoln do? Use the three C's. Don't criticise, because it causes defence and builds resentment. Don't condemn. Ask yourself, what was the reason for their behaviour? And don't complain. Focus on the solution, not the problem. Take a second and think about what's the best method for motivating people to work hard. Is it by punishing them if they don't work hard? Or by rewarding them if they do work hard? It's actually neither. It's even simpler than punishment and reward. They simply have to want to work hard. And the best method for making somebody want to work hard is to make them feel valued and important through appreciation. And this is the second principle of building better relationships. Carnegie argues that we all have the basic things we want like health, food, sleep and money. But one of the most powerful and often overlooked needs is the desire to feel important. To feel important, others must show us appreciation. Charles Schwab was one of the first people in business to receive a wage of over a million dollars a year. He worked in the steel industry and helped rescue a struggling steel company to the point that it became one of the most profitable. So how did he do it? You might think that he had in-depth knowledge of the steel industry and manufacturing, but he didn't. Plenty of others had more expertise than he did. Schwab said his success was all down to how he managed those around him. He could motivate his employees to be enthusiastic about their work through appreciation and encouragement. 
they worked harder and the company thrived. Schwab knew that the appreciation and not criticism inspired people to work hard. Flattery is insincere and people can pick up on it from a mile away. We've all experienced someone paying us a compliment that felt insincere and it just feels insulting. Appreciation, on the other hand, is genuine and it comes from the heart. It's meaningful. When someone on your team performs well, you make sure to let them know. Show your appreciation for the work they've done by complimenting them on something specific. A little bit of praise goes a long way. So why is it more sensible to use worms as bait for catching fish rather than your favourite chocolate bar? Well, pretty obviously, fish prefer worms to chocolate. So why don't we use the same idea when trying to influence people? In order to influence people, we need to focus on what they want and how they can get it. It may seem selfish, but Carnegie argues that we only are genuinely interested in what we want. Take, for example, the last time you donated to a charity. It seems like an unselfish act, but Carnegie sees it a different way. You donated money because you wanted the feeling of having helped, or you wanted to avoid the feeling of embarrassment for refusing to donate. You need to understand what the other person wants in order to be able to influence them. Most importantly, both you and the person you're influencing should both benefit from the deal. A tertiary salesman for Shell Oil Company was eager to become the number one salesman for his district, but there was one station that was pushing down his sales because the owner refused to tidy up his station to entice more customers. The salesman tried a new strategy in a last-ditch attempt. He asked the station owner to visit a state-of-the-art station that had just been built. The station owner was so impressed and inspired by seeing the new station that he cleaned up his own station. The salesman's strategy was so successful because he'd made the station owner want a cleaner station by showing him what a state-of-the-art station looked like. Better again, it not only benefited the salesman by increasing his overall sales, but the station owner by increasing his earnings. When you go to your boss with an idea, think about how you're presenting it. Don't just put it forward about how it's going to benefit you. Think about it from your boss's perspective. How will it benefit them? Will it increase productivity? Will it help expand the market? Uh, does it align with the company's mission statement? These are the things you need to think about when considering using these persuasion techniques. Most of us have had the pleasure of either owning or encountering a friendly dog. As soon as they see us, they become ecstatic, jumping up and down, their tail wagging, panting with excitement. Their full attention is on us, and we are the most interesting thing in the world to them for that moment. Carnegie believes that dogs inadvertently teach us a lot about making people like us. Dogs show interest in us, and we immediately like them. The same can be applied to people. By showing genuine interest in other people, we become instantly more likeable. You don't need to be interesting to other people, you need to be interested in them. This is the first way we can make people like us. Showing interest in others is particularly important for creating customer loyalty. Carnegie describes how a salesman called Edward Sykes from Johnson & Johnson inadvertently used this technique to save himself from losing an account. When Edward called to one of his regular pharmacies for their orders, he would chat with the soda boy and the young sales clerk before talking to the owner. This day was no different, except the owner said he would not be placing an order. The owner was complaining that Johnson & Johnson were supporting larger stores to the detriment of his small pharmacy. Feeling defeated, 
Edward left, but then decided to return and try and reason with the owner. As soon as the owner saw Edward, he doubled his usual order. And Edward was completely taken aback. The owner explained that the soda boy had told him that Edward was one of the few people who'd bothered to show any interest in him by taking the time to chat, and that Edward deserved the business. And the owner agreed. People are vital to the success of any business, both employees and customers. The next time when you're out of networking for work, make an effort to get to know people. Don't ask questions for the sake of it. Be genuinely curious and interested in getting to know the other person. Ask them a question about themselves that you genuinely want to know the answer to. Have you ever been stuck in a waiting room, getting more frustrated and bored by the minute? You look up and a baby is smiling at you from across the room. And what do you do? Well, generally we smile back. Carnegie recognizes the power of a smile. It immediately communicates to the other person that you like them, that they make you happy and you're glad to see them. Smiling can influence people's decisions. A computer department manager needed to recruit a PhD in computer science. He found the perfect candidate, but he was being headhunted by bigger companies offering much larger salaries. To the manager's delight and surprise, the candidate accepted the job. The candidate said that the manager's demeanour was the deciding factor. He sounded genuinely happy to hear from the candidate and sounded enthusiastic about hiring him. The other company sounded cold and formal. Carnegie challenges his students to smile at at least one person every hour and see what happens. So why not try it out? What if you don't feel particularly happy? Well, smile anyway and try and perk yourself up by humming or whistling. Although this might seem a little bit far-fetched, psychologists have found that action and feeling are inextricably linked. So while we can't control our feelings, by controlling our actions, we can indirectly control our feelings. Remembering someone's name and using it when talking to them seems simple, but it has a profound effect. Our names are important to us, and when people remember them, it shows that they have respect and that they value us. Just think of the opposite feeling when somebody calls you by the wrong name. It feels completely humiliating. Remembering names is vital to providing good customer service. Carnegie recalls a flight attendant who made the effort to learn the names of her passengers and to use the names when she served them. And she received praise from the passengers and many contacted the airline with glowing reviews of their personalised airline. The chairman of Texas Commerce Bankshares put it perfectly when he said, the executive who tells me he can't remember names is at the same time telling me he can't remember a significant part of the business. Remembering names might seem like hard work, but it pays off. Napoleon, the third emperor of France, realised the importance of remembering names and developed his own technique. You make sure that you catch the person's name. If you missed it, don't be afraid to ask for the name again, or if it's an unusual name, ask the person to spell it. Repeat the name frequently during the conversation so it begins to stick in your mind, and try and associate the name of the person with their facial features, expressions, or their appearance. If the person is particularly important after speaking to them, write down the name and look at the piece of paper while visualizing the person. What do you think makes an excellent conversationalist? Do they have the ability to captivate their audience? Are they excellent storytellers? Or are they experts at making people laugh? According to Carnegie, it's none of these. In fact, the best conversationalists speak very little. Instead, they actively listen and ask the person questions. 
People enjoy this kind of conversation because they've done all the talking. The focus of attention is completely on them and they feel important. Active listening is essential when dealing with customer complaints, no matter how irritated we may become. Carnegie gives the example of a particularly awkward customer that the New York telephone company had to deal with. The customer was refusing to pay charges that he felt were incorrect. He wrote to newspapers, filed complaints to the public service commissioner and was threatening to sue the company. One of the most skilled customer service representatives was put on the case. They listened and sympathised with every single one of the customer's complaints on four separate calls that lasted about three hours. By the fourth interview, the initial issue was forgotten and the customer paid his charges and withdrew all complaints. The customer's initial complaint happened because he wanted to feel important. The customer representative made him feel important by simply listening and sympathising and like magic, the customer's complaint disappeared. So when talking to others, listen more than you speak. People prefer good listeners to good talkers because they get to talk about the most interesting thing, themselves. Here's some tips. Don't interrupt. Don't zone out. Do show genuine interest and ask follow-up questions. Carnegie says that the royal road to a person's heart is to talk about the things that they treasure most. It has a powerful influence on how other people view us and the decisions that they make. Take, for example, the baker who was trying for four years to sell bread to the New York Hotel. He had tried everything, but he couldn't make any progress with the hotel manager. The baker found out that the manager was president of the Hotel Greeters of America. The next time the baker saw the manager, he started asking about the greeters. The manager was immediately animated and talked about the greeters for half an hour. The next day, the baker got a call to come over to the hotel samples and prices. When Roosevelt was expecting a visitor, he always read up on their interests. No matter what subject the visitor was interested in, Roosevelt would educate himself on that topic. This meant he could easily hold a conversation with the person. You don't have to become an expert in the person's interests like Roosevelt, you can let the person teach you about their interests by asking them questions. Is there a colleague at work that you could use this on to get to know them better? Carnegie believes that making somebody feel important should be done out of altruism. For the feeling we get when we help brighten someone's day, we don't always have to be trying to get something out of the other person. But sometimes taking a sincere interest can have unintended positive results. A landscaper was working on the estate of a famous attorney and commented on the lovely dogs the attorney had. The attorney went on to tell him that he showed the dogs at competitions and invited the landscaper to take a look at the kennels. The attorney spent an hour talking to the landscaper about different pedigrees of dogs. At the end of their conversation, the attorney gave the landscaper a puppy for a son to have and even wrote out detailed instructions on how to care for it. The landscaper wasn't motivated by getting a puppy when he showed genuine interest in the attorney's hobby. The attorney was just showing gratitude for the landscaper taking interest in something that was important to him. So take the time to show sincere interest in people because it makes them feel important. It doesn't always have to be motivated by wanting something from them. Sometimes it's simply nice to be nice. Next time you have the opportunity to show genuine interest in somebody with no ulterior motive, grab it with both hands. Here's six ways to make people like you. Show genuine interest in the other people. You don't need to be interesting to other people. You need to be interested in them. Two, smile. It communicates to the other person that you like them. They make you happy and you're glad to see them. Three, 
remember their name. Our names are important to us, and when people remember them, it shows that they respect and they value us. Next, listen more than you speak. The best conversationalists speak very little. Instead, they actively listen and ask the person questions. Talk about their interests. Let the person teach you about their interests by asking them questions. And finally, make them feel important. Taking the time to show sincere interest in other people makes them feel important. Yeah.